Hello, my name is Rick. Chair. 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 Chair, I'm Millie. And this is clearly a very well organised and sensible episode 32. 32. Of season three. Three. Of Yogsago. Slade. It's all about chairs. This is yonks ago, coming into your ears Now what are yonks? They're kind of like years Just a father and a daughter who want to know All about some people from yonks ago Interesting people who did interesting stuff But about whom we don't know enough So we're gonna dig deep and find it all out Yonky doodlers know what we're all about Yonks ago, hey, ho Oh, well, it's all gotten off to a fairly chaotic start. No, it hasn't. Uh, I mean, no, you, deny, you, were, you were seamless. Yeah, um, yeah. You know? What can I say? Everything going to plan <laughs> from your point of view. But, um, look, I've gone and put the wrong theme song in the in this episode. Unless 32 is a prime, it might be. 32, I think, is. Can't think of a single number is no. divisible by. Um, so, but if it might not be a prime, it is the wrong... <laughs> Theme song, um, but it's the only one I've got on this computer at the moment. Yeah, it, he's not organised. It'd take me like five minutes to sort it out. But, but that's five minutes that could be yeah. done doing something else. Exactly. Um, once we've got momentum, once we're sitting at the kitchen table, yeah, uh, ready to do yonks ago. Any kind of obstacle or um, thing that gets in not our way, it. nah, it's <laughs> that could be a deal breaker. That's how you end up with a five month break between episodes. Yeah. Uh, if I say, I'll oh, just wait a second, Millie. I've just got to download this um, <laughs> this thing from the, from somewhere else. Mate, could be five months till we ever see each other again yeah. here in this kitchen. Um, so, I did the easiest option. Just went with the theme song that was on the computer, whacked it in and thought, hey, better to get it done and apologise. Mm. Um, so, sorry if that's upset anyone <laughs> um, who's, you know, closely following the prime numbered episodes and when the yeah. appropriate theme song is being played. We're pushing the boundaries of our friendship right now. Was 30, 31's a prime, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I hope so. so. Yeah, it, yeah. It is. Yeah. So, it was. that's why this theme song, this theme song was already on the computer. Yeah. Um, it was ready to go. I'd done my, I'd done my due diligence last time, but this time, because <laughs> we've had a little break. Yeah. We had a school holiday break because, um, you know, it's hard to get a schedule happening when there's no <laughs> school drop-offs in the morning. Not that, not that you go to school anymore, but no. it's still – it affects the overall yeah. tone of the day. Yeah, it does. Um, so, look, during the two weeks of school holidays, we didn't get it together. Whatever. And now we've got it together, but not quite. <laughs> like, sort of got it yeah. together. Got it together enough to record something mm. uh, that we will lovingly call an episode of Yonks Ago, mm. even though – it's failing to tick most of the boxes yeah. that we've ticked in the past. But what can you do? Hey, we didn't sign up to tick boxes, <laughs> did we? No. I'm not a box ticker. <laughs> it's not my bag. Do you prefer X or like colouring it in? Um, you know, it's, I have – recently I have been doing a bit of form filling in for mm. whatever reason. Life admin. Just for slaying. And I do feel a little conflicted whenever I mark an X in a yeah. checkbox. Yeah. Even though you – because it's like you're saying this is the box. Yeah. But an X has such a negative connotation. It does. It does. But it's such a, it's such a more clear, concise sign. Yeah. Well, I tick, mean, tick, most of it's out of the box, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. 
So I'm conflicted. I'm 100% conflicted because yeah. um, it's a clearer, more concise way to market, but you're giving mixed messages. Yeah. It's tricky. Um, so maybe we just need a rebranding of the X. Maybe mm. maybe that's Well, what. in exams when it was like multiple choice, you had to like fill in the box. Yeah. But I guess that's just because they like scanned it. Uh, did like, you have to colour it all in? Yeah. Yeah, that's because they had compu- They yeah. had robots marking so, your exams. Exactly. So it's like, this is the box. Mm. Um, but I swear that's time consuming as well. Like you got to really. Yeah. And lead consuming if you're using a pen, a pencil. Were you using yeah. pencils? Yeah. That doesn't seem very um, so official. You can, so you can rub it out. Oh, but it, it was like a course. dark pencil. Yeah. So that you can be like, that's not right. Yeah. I stuffed it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. My whole future is going down the drain. If only there was some way I could erase this mistake. And yeah. now, well, there is because you've written in pencil. Um, but I feel like that's open for lots of shenanigans post-exam. No, because like it has to be quite dark for the computer to pick it up. Okay. And if you erase it, yeah. it's not dark anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But what if – I feel like if you had a friend on the inside um, – Post exam, someone who collected the exam, someone who fed, some. If you knew someone who fed the exams into the robot, yeah, then you just gave them a pencil and an eraser, and you said, "Look out, <laughs> look out for my, look out for my thing, and just check that I've got all the answers right. Erase any that are wrong." Um, I don't think that would happen. I don't think that's a very. Rare I think you scenario. don't get that. You don't get that job unless you're pretty trustworthy. Yeah, you're in- incorruptible. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anyone who's got that job. Me neither. Just because that's why robots. They've got to be friendless. Yeah. <laughs> Un- incorruptible entities. Yeah. That I think it's. Oh, I don't actually know. Well, you can theorize. <laughs> no, because it was like um, exams. It would be like you can't mark that. Like you can't mark exam booklets from people from your school. because oh. like there are examiners who are teachers because yeah. they like know. Stuff. And that's corruption waiting to happen. So it's like. That is They're oh. not a, it's like a law. I don't know. Well, it has to be because teachers end up getting judged by how well their students do. And, exactly. And so that, it's that's, like that's the thing. The motivation for a teacher to give their students high marks yeah. so that they're like, how good a teacher am I? Exactly. Look how well my students <laughs> did. I mean, that's, that system can't work. So that make, that's a sensible rule. Yeah. Um, and I guess none of those teachers can be in charge of feeding the exams into the robot. Uh, I don't know. Because, <laughs> again, we don't know who's got that job. Exactly. It's probably another robot. There's a long line of robots. <laughs> but who gives it to the first robot? Don't know. Someone? Yeah. Um, maybe you put it into an anonymous box. Yeah. And then a robot comes and picks it up. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Anyway, I feel like someone with an eraser could really get up to some mischief. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> At both exam time and election time. Yeah. That's when someone with an eraser can really <laughs> rot the system. Um, I should go into the eraser business yeah. and just market as that. Mischief makers, I'll call them. Because eraser sounds negative. Yeah. Mischief makers I guess we, is we, good negative. Well, in 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 Aussie, sorry. In Aussie land. In, in, in Australia. Yeah, we call them rubbers. Rubbers. Yeah. Yeah, which, which is, is a cool name. It's a cool name. Yeah. Because you're rubbing it out. What do you do with that? A rub. Yeah, you do. You rub it on the paper. Oh, no. and then... you, gotta, you, gotta, you need friction. Yeah, and guess what? A razor has three syllables. Yeah. Rubber only has two. Quick and easy. Exactly. <laughs> Get on board, Americans. Um, I think to them, rubbers are something else they made. No, it is. Yeah. yeah. So that might be just, awkward for them. Just, But just call it the name that it actually is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever so it is, you you can d- have a- whatever action you need to make things work, that should be what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't be called accelerator pedals. They should 
be steppies, step-ons, <laughs> step-ons. But so is the brake. Yeah. And accelerator and brake are both step-ons. <laughs> put your foot on the step-on. Well, put your put, foot on the other step-on. Put the foot on the gas, but you're not actually putting foot, your foot on any gas. Oh. So what are you talking about, American? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of the car, put your foot into the petrol tank and step on the gas. <laughs> yeah, no, accelerator makes way more sense. Yeah. Because you're accelerating. <laughs> I mean, fingers crossed. If the pedal's working as it I should. We all agree on brake. Oh. <laughs> you're breaking the acceleration. The, the world agrees. The yeah. world comes together. I don't know. I don't know about other languages. Is that an irony that the world only agrees on brake? Yeah. The brake brings us together. Brake unites. <laughs> <laughs> the only time we're not broken is on brake. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so well done, break. I mean, it's a different break than break. You know. It's yeah. How a, many breaks would a break break if a break break could break break? If you know what I mean. About six. Yeah. Or possibly thirty-two, <laughs> which is the number of this episode. <laughs> Prime question mark. Time will tell. <laughs> so true. Um, Donny B. B for break. Yeah, he was he was once thirty-two. Um, yes, and not yet. It's about nineteen thirty-two. Um, Woo! Nah, we're into about 1933 now, I think. Yeah. Heading into 1934. Um, but look, we've just had the West Indies come to England and use Bodyline against England mm-hmm. and make England go, oh, your Bodyline is a bit yeah. no good, eh? Like, <laughs> oh, we're not 100% sure about this Bodyline business. It was all well and good in Australia, teaching the uh, convicts a thing or two, but whew, the West Indian cricketers have really given us a... A thorough, a thorough touch-up yeah. with this bodyline business, and we're not on board. Um, or a conversation along that line. Yeah, makes sense. At the MCC, um, Jardine, of course, is like, oh, I disagree entirely. Mm. I think bodyline is all good. To be fair, he did score a century against it. And like, yeah, he doesn't care. He he put his bat where his mouth is. Yeah, which is an interesting way to play cricket. But scored a century, so. Maybe that's how you beat Bodyline. Because yeah. they are aiming for your head a lot of the time. So if your bat's in your mouth, yeah. easy runs. Are you putting the handle in your mouth? Um, I think it depends on what shot you're playing. Then, <laughs> if you get the handle in the mouth, yeah. that's a, like the actual bat is like far away yeah. from your head. Yeah, I reckon you've got to be biting on the back of the bat. Like oh, like bat right across the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, that's, bat mouth. They're quite, they're quite wide. Yeah. Hey, you don't become a top-class cricketer without some jaw strength. My jaw. <laughs> <laughs> you want to make it at the top top flight of cricket? Do your jaw exercises. Sorry. All right, got to put your what bat in your you mouth. Just have like a like a small mouth. Not not right for cricket. Yeah, well, not Wrong not business. right for body line. Oh, okay. But luckily, they you know body line isn't a thing anymore, so yeah. you don't need to work on your jaw like, like your old school batter should have. <laughs> um, but uh, so Jardine's a little bit annoyed by the the way people have turned on body line because he's staked his reputation Pro on body it. Line. Uh, in the meantime, Donny B is, you know, he's been poorly. Dispiriting, dispiriting languor <laughs> yeah. has been affecting him. He's been down in the dumps. He's just a sad boy. And then uh, um, our man Harry Hodgetts has lured him from New South Wales to move to uh, South Australia, to Adelaide, Facts. to become a stockbroker. Yeah. Which is where we pretty much wrapped it up. We also learned that uh, Jesse Bradman was doing most of Donnie's uh, homework. Right. <laughs> um, everything that we attribute to Don Bradman, apart from his cricket playing, basically Jesse Bradman did yeah. for him to help, just to assist <laughs> as a good wife should. Hey, he's got dispiriting language. Yeah, yeah. I've got to cheer him up. Yeah. Fuck up, Bradman. <laughs> um and so that's what we learned in the last episode. Uh, so Don and Jesse, uh, we're heading off to 
Adelaide after DJ. The... Sorry. DJ what? DJ. Oh, D- Don, Don, Don and Jesse. DJ. <laughs> Hashtag DJ. Yeah, sorry. I ship it. just came to me. <laughs> uh, so shortly after the negotiations were completed, the Bradmans moved to Adelaide. And then straight after that, the Australian selectors announced their team for the 1934 Whoa. tour of England. The Ashes are back on, baby. Um, they've got to try to reclaim the Ashes. Uh, so the people with test experience that were selected, let's see how many of these names ring a bell for you. Oh, okay. um, they're going to make me guess. I was scared. No, nah, Woodfull. Yeah, I know him. Bill Woodfull, Captain Woodfull. Yeah. Ponderous Ponsford. Yeah, We all know pon- Ponderous know. Ponsford. Slow and steady wins the race. He's always pondering. Uh, the third one is a man you may have heard of, Don Bradman. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't heard of him, you will. <laughs> Strap yourself in. Uh, Stan McCabe. I th- rings oh, it. We've heard a yeah, bit of him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, our man Kipax. Oh, he's back. Still in the side. Yeah. Oh, back in the side. Uh, glorious Bert Oldfield. Lovely Bert yeah, Oldfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legend, legend. Wicked keeper. Uh, Clary Grimmett, the smiling assassin, the smiling assassin. He's in the yep. side, the spin bowler. Mm-hmm. Bill O'Reilly, I think he was the bowler who turned up. Who way back when uh, Bravan was a kid, yeah. playing in Bowral. Yeah, I think Bill O'Reilly was the one who got off the train. The bowler, remember, he was driving. Th- he was on the train going through Bowral, and the team ran up to him and said, "Get off the train and come and you got to bowl to this Brabham oh, kid." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's Bill O'Reilly. So now they're on the team together, oh, playing slay. for Australia. Um, uh, and then there's Wall. Never heard of him. <laughs> Bromley. Who? Wait, wait. What's his name? Wall. Wall. Does yeah. he any last name? It's just uh, that's his last oh. name. Wall doesn't have a first name. Yeah, they're just giving last names here. I've been adding. Oh, you've been adding. I've been adding the first names of the ones I know, <laughs> but Wall, Wall couldn't tell you. Like like W A L L. Yeah, <laughs> as you would expect. I think they're just like brick wall. Yeah, they're, they're just, they're just they brick went, wall. You know, he's going to be good in the field. <laughs> a brick wall. <laughs> No, there's nothing in the rule books that says we cannot yeah. select a brick wall at number 10. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't bat, doesn't bowl, no. but fields like awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it covers the whole yeah. boundary. It's a very, very hard to get past wall. Yeah. <laughs> Though once it gets out to him, he rarely throws it back. No. <laughs> He's not very good at chasing you, the ball. You can't score a four off him. No. You can score a six though. Yeah, yeah. You've got to go over, get over the wall. Get over the wall. I mean, I like yeah. it. You should be able to erect one couple, small wall. A couple of threes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the brick wall is uh, selected. Um, Bromley, couldn't tell you who that is. Your mum. And Darling. Oh. They're the ones with test experience. The new faces on the team, Ben Barnett. Whoa. He's been selected as the backup wicketkeeper. Okay, so Don't lame. reckon he'll get a go because no. Bert Oldfield. <laughs> can't stop him. Um, and then WA Bill Brown. Classic name. WA from Western Australia. I, I don't know. It just I reckon he's got two first names, W and A, probably William Arthur. Uh, William, that's why William. he's called Bill. Yeah. Because it's Bill in inverted col- yeah. commas. So it's William Same. Arthur Brown, uh, but they call him Bill. <laughs> Bill Brown. Arthur? <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing. But I probably only guess that because the next person in the, in the team is Arthur Chipperfield. Okay. Are we going to check? Okay. William Albert. William Albert. Is that your guess? Yeah, we can't have two of the same name. Yeah, William Albert Bill, <laughs> William Albert Bill Brown. Yeah. Uh, and then Arthur Chipperfield, and then someone called Ebeling, and <laughs> someone called Fleetwood Smith. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac? Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, Fleetwood. Wait, go, back, Fleetwood Mac's go back to the one before that. So Ebeling. 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 Even, even, he tried to say, he tried to say evening. Yeah, but <laughs> good Ebeling. <laughs> it's just it's someone who really struggled. Um 
So that's the team that's been selected to go in, in 1934 to England. Yeah. The people who missed out were Richardson uh, and Fingleton. Because <gasps> he's sus, isn't he? Fingleton and Richardson were considered unlucky to miss out, but the selectors had an eye on the future and frowned on Richardson's 39 years uh, of so Oh, he's too Richardson's old. Richardson's a bit old. Yeah. Whereas Fingleton, on the other hand, blamed Bradman for mm-hmm. not getting in the side. Because of the beef. Yeah. Um, when uh, asked about it, Bradman said, I wasn't a selector or captain then, but I always thought that Billy Brown was a better opener than Fingleton and that he would do better on English soil. And I may have expressed this view to the selectors Whoa. at the time. They're def- enemies. Enemies to lovers. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Donny B has definitely puppet mastered the end of Fingleton's test career well, I right mean, there. Fingleton did get double duck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> what can he do? He didn't <laughs> help his cause. But he's been Bradman out of the test team yeah. 100%. Um, now, this partly explained Fingleton's instigation of what became, as we know, a long running feud with Bradman. Yeah. He went to the trouble of writing a book on Victor Trumper, who was a. Uh, famous Australian batsman mm-hmm. from a generation previous to uh, Bradman. So Fingleton wrote a book about Victor Trumper pointing out why he was a better batsman than Bradman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the beef is real. Um, now, this was quite the challenge for Fingleton uh, because Trumper's average and aggregate in tests were about one third of Bradman's. So his stats did not stack yeah. up. Fingleton suggested that Trumper's. Averages were so bad because he didn't like big scores <laughs> and that he wanted to get out at around 50. <laughs> he, could have, he could have been awesome. He just didn't like it. Yeah. He wasn't, he's like, 50 is enough. Let someone else have a bat. I'm done. Uh, he would have been good in the big bash, I fear. Yeah, yeah. Because he's... Short attention span. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Victor Trump. He's a bit bored. He's <laughs> like, I'm done. I've hit the ball. I've scored some runs. <sighs> I'm out of here. Next. <laughs> um, and so that was Fingleton's main argument yeah. was that, yeah, the stats say this, but imagine if he could have been bothered. But I say yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the facts are what they are. Um, so he said that Trumper didn't like to score big scores, but this, however, failed to explain how Trumper had scored a triple century against um, a county team, which was something that Bradman had never managed. Um, so, look, his book probably was a tough sell, um, yeah. but it probably made him feel a bit better, <laughs> saying Bradman's crap. You know who wasn't crap? Trumper. How, how long was the book, do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> like, how much did he have to say? <laughs> yeah. Um, Can we get our hands on this book? Like- <laughs> Fingleton's uh, attempt to smear Bradman through the feats of Trumper. I like it. Because it's not directly smearing Bradman. No. It's just saying everyone thinks Bradman's good, but what about this guy? Yeah. He's really good. <laughs> not like Bradman. <laughs> um, so he gave it a crack. I'd say in the end he probably failed, but I will keep an eye out for that book yeah. as best I can. What's it called? Uh, Is it just again, the guy's name? it doesn't name? say, so I'm going to have to really yeah. – and you know what I'm like at you know, following through on <laughs> getting stuff done. I'm pretty, I'm pretty thorough. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so that's the team that's been selected. They arrive in England to learn that Douglas Jardine mm. had Died. announced oh. from India that he did not wish to lead England against Australia in the Ashes series. So he's a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, 
He says, I have neither the intention nor the desire to play cricket against Australia this summer. He's like, I already won. That's enough. Yeah. Now, this was curt uh, and a little bit churlish, but Jardine, to be fair, felt abandoned by the MCC. Yeah. Whom he had served loyally. He'd done everything they asked. He'd been, you know, their best boy. Mm-hmm. And they had turned their back on him uh, when the body line heat got too hot for them. Yeah. Uh, so he felt that his captaincy would be restricted if he couldn't use his body line because mm-hmm. now, uh, you know, it, was the uns- it wasn't an official rule. I think body line was still probably officially legal, but it was unofficially, yep. don't do it. Yeah. Uh, it's frowned upon. We are no longer on board the body line bandwagon. Uh, so Jardine went, well, if there's no body line bandwagon, then I'm not even going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, and so he's not going to show up. And then his decision uh, to not show up left Larwood out on a limb because he would be fit to bowl in 1934, but mm-hmm. he felt that he would be hampered if he couldn't body line it up. Oh. Uh, I don't know, Larwood. I reckon you did all right. Yeah. Um, but he was worried that English pitchers were slower than Australian pitchers. Um, so they're just scared of losing. Yeah. Well, this, I'm a bit down on Larwood for this because he yeah. says, I didn't want to play against them if it meant I was going to be hit all over the field. I had humbled them on their own pitches and I didn't want them to humble me in England, especially as they had said that I played unfair. <laughs> so, so you're admitting to playing unfair? No, because he's saying they said that. He's saying they, yeah, Australia they, reckons I'm unfair and they're going to come over here and then hit me everywhere. Well, I'm, I don't <laughs> want it. I'm not into it. And to me, this is the first misstep by Larwood. He's, yeah. he's held himself in good stead until this um, not willing to mm. not willing, not willing to risk being humbled. It's, it's not all about winning, guys. It's about enjoying the game. You've got to show them what's – yeah, you've got to put, put yourself out there. Yeah. You've got to risk failure in order to really earn the triumph. Mm. Um, so I'm disappointed in Larwood. Um and Jardine, mm-hmm. uh, but I, yeah, I know it's Expe- tough. Expected from Jardine. Expected from Jardine, and a tough situation. It's more political than anything with yeah. Jardine. Whereas um, with Larwood, I think it's just it's just his ego. Yeah. Um, which is disappointing. I've got to say. Yeah, I was holding out hope for him, but oh, we all were. <laughs> um, now I've let's get to the stats. We're, we're not going to dig deep into all of the um, you know game. Let's just have a look at the series in general. Um, in 1934. So first match comes along and um, I've got to tell you. Oh, let's see how you go. Let's see how your guess goes. Who won the toss? Uh, okay. It was it was definitely England. Dang it. No, it wasn't. I was it, was Australia, it was Australia. <laughs> um, and who won the test? Or, or was it a draw? Yeah, it was a draw. Australia won by 238 <laughs> runs. You shouldn't have added or wasn't a draw <laughs> um, Our man Chipperfield, Arthur Chipperfield, made 99 runs Woo! in the oh, first, that's, that's first rough. innings. Uh, that's yeah, rough. Didn't make it. Um, Donny B only made 29. Oh, he's terrible. In the, in the first innings and not much more in the second innings. Caught. Out caught both Keep times. Keep on the ground, buddy. Uh, then the second test comes along. Uh, who won the toss? Australia. Uh, England. Oh, get stuck. 50-50 chance. <laughs> England won the toss, elected to bat. Uh, and they did... win. They win. Who? England. England yes! win. Yes. England win by innings and 38 runs. Um, our man Bill Brown gets a century in this. Um, but they have a bowler who takes 15 wickets. Headley Verity. 
Headley Verity takes 15 wickets Headley in the match. as in head, L-Y? Uh, no A in head. Uh, oh, okay. And, okay. But an E in, in L-Y. Oh, okay. L-E-Y. Oh, no, that's a nice name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Headley Verity takes 15 wickets. Seven in the first innings, eight in the second. And again, Bradman does stuffle. Oh. You know. Um, when is he going to be? So in it's his... one. It's one all. Yeah. The series is one when all. When is Bradman going to be in his comeback era? I don't know. Is Third it... test comes along. Who wins the toss? Um, Australia. Get stuck. England. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't got one right for a 50-50 chance. England wins the toss and they have elected to bat. Do England win? Do Australia win or is the match drawn? Um, this one's Australia. The match is drawn. Oh, get stuck. So after three tests, it's still one all. Okay. Uh, so it's a five-test series. Yeah. So there's two tests to go. Fourth test, who wins the toss? Australia. England. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, I keep guessing Australia. Surely. England win the toss and elected to bat. Our man Don Bradman. Duck. 304 Here runs. Of a to- Out of a total of 584. It's Bradman not- has come to play. Finally, fourth test. Yeah. Um, that's not consistent, though. Do uh, that in every match. <laughs> Clary Grimmett takes seven wickets. Um, oh, I didn't okay. ask you who won. Um, Australia. Match is drawn. Whoa! So, <laughs> Donny B came to play, but all to no avail. Um, oh. Match is drawn. So, after four tests, one win apiece. Oh, so it comes down to the Comes down one. to the final. What happens if it's... England oh, only it's need Lol. to draw the series yeah. to retain the ashes because they oh, hold facts, facts. having one body line in the last series. So the odds are in their favour because they Indeed. can either win or draw they, they don't have to play to win. They yeah. just have to play to draw and that's a much better place to come from. So it's yeah. the final test. England, the ball is in their court. Just, yeah. a, just a draw to retain the ashes and humble the Aussies once more. <laughs> um, but Bradman has started to find his form. Yeah. Uh, oh, I forget he's still, he's still got dispiriting languor. Yeah. So that's why he's not doing great. Um, uh, who wins the toss? Australia. Australia won yes! the toss. Yes, let's go. <laughs> you got one out of five. <laughs> um, and now, let me just go to the scorecard here. Who do you think? Oh, let me just see. How did Bradman go to start with? Bradman. Oh, Bill Ponsford in the first innings makes two hundred and sixty-six runs, mm. top scores. But only just ahead of Don Bradman, who made 244 runs. Mega slay. Uh, so that's a good start. Yeah. Um, in the second innings, Ponsford only makes 22 and Bradman only makes 77. Well, 77 is not, not bad. bad. So he's had, bad. he's had a good fifth innings. But is it enough for them to win the match or to avoid the draw in this fifth and final test? Do Australia win? Do England win? Or is it a draw? Australia wins. Australia wins by 562 runs. Absolutely pummeling them. (laughs) Um, So Don Bradman came to play in the last two two tests of the series and ended up being the top scoring batsman for the series. He made 758 runs. Ponsford made 569. Um, both of those were well ahead of any of the English uh, batters. Most wickets, our man Headley Verity, 24. But Bill O'Reilly, the kid who got off the train, <laughs> top scored for the series with 28. Nice. Beating 
uh, the smiling assassin, Clary Grimmett, who had mm. 25. There so you go. Australia have reclaimed the ashes yeah. on English soil. Would it have been different if Larwood had decided to risk it? I think so. Maybe it would have. Uh, we'll never know because yeah. Larwood was too um, too afraid. Too afraid. Scaredy cat. To put his to put his reputation on the line, and uh, we we are the poorer for it. Mm. Um, so a good series by um, by anyone's standards. And then uh, towards the end of the series. Um, Wait, what's happened? Hang on a sec. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, I lost my spot. Found my spot. Okay, so um, uh, after the series ended, Bradman was back in his London hotel on Saturday 22nd of September mm-hmm. 1934, entertaining an old school friend from Bowral. <laughs> uh, that friend was the singer, Elsie Corrie. I thought you were going to say Elvis Presley. Elsie <laughs> uh, Corrie. So hang on a second. Donnie B. Is he... Away from home, <laughs> on tour, in a London hotel room, entertaining old Bowral and school friend. Entertaining how? F- sing, exactly, singer Elsie <laughs> Corrie. Interesting. Interesting. That's what I'm saying. Jesse's at home probably filling in his, yeah. his homework, doing his newspaper reports for him. And he's having a nice little get-together with Elsie Corrie, famous singer from Bowral. Interesting is yeah. all I'm going to say. I'm also going to say interesting. Um, uh, he was at afternoon tea with Elsie Corrie. When okay. He, when he felt abdominal pain. That's karma, Donnie B. Yeah. Um, the abdominal pains became worse. Oh, my God, he's pregnant. He informed <laughs> Woodfull uh, and said that he could not attend a dinner scheduled for that evening. This concerned Woodfull, who told, um, who told the doctor, uh, who happened to be at the dinner. Uh, the doctor examined Bradman that night and again the next morning. The doctor was perplexed but finally decided the symptoms indicated long-standing appendicitis. <gasps> he sought a second opinion from the surgeon Douglas Shields. <laughs> Dougie Shields agreed that an operation was necessary. So on Monday, 24th of September, Bradman was taken by ambulance to hospital and he was operated on by Dougie Shields. A slay. <laughs> the surgeon found that the doctor, Harley, uh, no, J.R. Lee had been correct with his mm-hmm. diagnosis of appendicitis. So Bradman's appendix was badly infected and out of its normal position. Mm-hmm. The infection had reached the peritoneum, which is the largest membrane in the body. That was in the quiz <gasps> we did the other night. Oh, whoa! <laughs> the peritoneum, which is the <laughs> membrane. Um, Insane in the membrane. Which lines the cavity of the abdomen. I see. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, that was exciting just for you and me because yeah. we were at the quiz last night. But look, guys, yonky doodlers, get on board. We're yeah. excited. <laughs> Our worlds are Wait, colliding. Say it again, say it again. The peritoneum. Peritoneum. Remember that largest membrane yeah, in it, the body. It might be on a quiz someday. It's the, line, it's the lining of the cavity of the abdomen. Yeah. Uh, Dougie Shields accordingly removed the appendix and did what he could to cure the infection. Slay. Bradman's illness, which had first affected him two years earlier, before the Bodyline series, was a mystery no more. So this was the cause of his dispiriting oh, languor. This whole... He was poorly. Yeah, he's been poorly this whole time. Still scoring runs. Still winning yeah, ashes. I mean, I mean, we've seen it with Archie Jackson. Rest yeah. in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, Archie Jackson. <laughs> I mean, he got better when he got sicker. Um, yes, yeah, so he, now they know what it was. But the pain continued after the operation and Bradman's temperature rose alarmingly the doctors conferred the patient now had peritonitis, which is an infection on the membrane of the abdominal lining of the, peritoni- of the peritoneum. Oh. 
Now, that's just bad news for Donnie mm. B. I've got to tell you, infections after an uh, operation are quite common, but yeah. they are no, uh, they're no, not good. Nothing to be sneezed at. <laughs> uh, they might make you sneeze, but they are bad news <laughs> yeah. across the board. When did they start, um, like, removing appendixes? I don't know. Because, like, sh- like, I, f- I thought that was like a recent thing. No, nah, I feel like they've been doing that for a bit. I feel like when did they find out that you can just like remove this organ? Oh, they did a lot of experimenting on bodies back in the day. Yeah. They found out a lot of stuff yeah. when they could really – there was a lot of grey area about what yeah. you were and weren't allowed to experiment on back in the day. And look, say what you will about it now, uh, whether it was right or wrong. Geez, they learn a lot. Yeah. Geez, they figured a lot of yeah. stuff out. So, you know, sometimes a, a little bit of murky history what allows a- for a bright future. Yeah. <laughs> On the evening of Tuesday, 25th of September, the hospital released a bulletin on Bradman's condition. It was serious. Oh my God, Medicos, reading between the lines, expected him to die. <laughs> there was no. Li- I should laugh. I should laugh. There were no life saving antibiotics available then to pump into him. Furthermore, he had lost much blood during the operation. Ooh. It was thought he would need a blood transfusion, oh, which dear. was a very drastic measure in 1934. Mm-hmm. But the idea was abandoned because. They thought he would not survive it. Mm. The doctors had to rely on Bradman's strength and will as he experienced (laughs) three days of pain, nausea and high temperatures. While the fight was underway, rumours abounded that he had already died. Bradman's condition was front page news in Britain and Australia. King George V... Whoa. Reflected public feeling and asked to be kept advised on Bradman's condition. He's like, give me the goss. Uh... Neville Cardis, who was uh, the an English yeah Neville Longbottom captain Neville Longbottom, uh, <laughs> he was on a sea voyage recovering from England's defeat. Was cabled uh, and told to write an obituary for <laughs> John John Bradman. <laughs> and he's not even dead yet. In Australia, Jesse Bradman prepared to make the four week sea trip to England, mm-hmm. but it was feared that he would be dead long before she arrived. Oh, the dear. drama is real. Whoa! Um, so there was a quicker way to travel, which was by air. Mm. Charles Kingford, Kingsford Smith, very famous Australian aviator. The Sydney Airport, I think, is named after him. Oh. Um, Wait, say his name again. Charles Kingsford Smith. Slay. Got in touch with Jessie and kindly offered to fly her oh. to London. Uh, it's good being famous, isn't it? It would have taken a few days uh, only to get there instead of four weeks. Mm-hmm. Charles was flying his new plane, Lady Southern Cross, to England, <laughs> where he would be flying back in the London to Australia air race. Oh, slay. However, aviation authorities would not allow him to take a passenger, so she couldn't go with him. Why? Uh, Because plane travel was in its infancy and it was risky business. Oh, I see. Uh, Kingsford Smith got to London and then competed in the race, the London to Australia, but he and his plane were lost over the Bay of Bengal and never seen again. What? (laughs) There's a lot going on in this story. On Thursday, the 26th of September, when Bradman was at his lowest ebb, he received a cable, like a telegram from his wife, Mm -hmm. saying, it's all right, Don, I'm coming. (laughs) Hardly able to speak, he smiled faintly when it was shown to him. Uh, The doctors thereafter noticed an improvement in him. Jesse's come to the rescue. It's a (laughs) Jeskew. Hashtag Jeskew. She's on a Jeskew mission. Um... The message from Jesse had given him something to hang on for at this most crucial time. Mm. Uh, Jesse got on the boat and was informed by telegram during the trip that her husband had recovered oh. and was off the immediate danger list. Sweet. By the time she arrived on the 27th of October, 
Bradman was allowed to leave hospital. Oh. Dougie Shields told him he would need six months to recuperate. He was not allowed to touch a cricket bat for 12 months. Whoa. Which meant that he would miss the 1934-35 to 35 season mm. in Australia and the tour of South Africa following that. Aww. Uh, while Bradman was recovering in London, the MCC was attempting to bury Bodyline by altering not the laws of the game but the instructions to umpires. Mm. Umpires would be directed to warn bowlers if they were systematically bowling fast, short pitch balls at the batsman. Um, there you go. So Bodyline is dead and buried officially. Okay, slay. Don and Jesse did not leave England until the 18th of December. Mm, Christmas. And a big group of friends and media turned up to farewell them at Victoria Station. By coincidence, Winston Churchill. <laughs> then a backbench conservative MP, so just not even, not, not yeah. even famous then. Oh, yeah, facts. Uh, just a little battling politician trying to make good. <laughs> was also at the train station seeing his wife off. Churchill saw a photo opportunity, uh, <laughs> said to our journalist... Could you introduce us? No. Um, <laughs> Clark spoke to Bradman. The cricketer was reluctant and coy and said, I wish I could just go somewhere and wasn't recognised. Um, but Clark convinced him to have the photo opportunity with uh, Churchill. They, they had a chat and they parted ways. One of the most famous sportsmen in the empire, the other soon to be the most important leader mm-hmm. in the free world's fight against fascism. Whoa. And that, we've got to leave it there. That was just an unexpected action-packed <laughs> end to that Ashes tour. <laughs> Bloody Kingsford Smith came in, died. How, how do you get an infection on a, on a membrane? Uh, I think uh, whenever you have surgery, it yeah. seems there's a very large chance of that getting infected. Yeah. These days it's a little better because we've got antibiotics. So antibiotics, which are very helpful in the treatment of infection. Yeah. Uh, back then, obviously, they didn't have these uh, excellent antibio- ant- oh, anti- antibiotics. Antibiotics. Yeah. yeah it's because the, the I in anti is an E and the yeah. I in well, biotics say, is an I. You could say antibiotics. Yeah, but I feel weird. And that's why I always get tra- ah, trapped. I get caught between antibiotics, antibiotics and antibiotics. Antibi- antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard. Um, but I think anytime there's surgery, the risk of infection is huge. Yeah, um, for sure. So yeah, it's 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 amazing anyone survives surgery mm. these days. <laughs> uh, but thanks to a lot of grey area and Eric's experimenting back in the day, we have <laughs> antibiotics. <laughs> Damn it, I can't say it. I was hoping to be able to trick my brain to be able to get there. Um, but look, Donny B didn't die. Woo! They've reclaimed Slay. the ashes. Mm-hmm. Um, and But he's not allowed to play cricket for no. a year. What's going to happen to Donny B? I don't know. It's a risky business. <laughs> uh, I'm worn out from that whole... Uh, Man's that... also cheated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> entertaining an old friend from Barrel. An old, lovely singer... Lady yeah. singer from Bowerall, just maybe, an afternoon tea. Maybe there was like a piano mm. it, wherever he was staying, and they were just—I mean, he does. Out. He loves to play yeah, the piano. That's what I was thinking. She loves to sing. They were just jamming, writing, writing some songs. Jamming, um, but I don't know. You feel like maybe he was doing something physically strenuous that <laughs> hurt his appendix because uh, you know it was while she was there, yeah. while they were having <laughs> afternoon tea, or as he called it, afternoon delight. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, whatever physically strenuous yeah. activity was going on, his abdomen really yeah. started to bother him in yeah. a way that playing cricket never did. Mm. So who knows what was going on with him and his old chum from Barrel. <laughs> but we do know Jesse was a long way away yeah. doing his homework. Yeah. <laughs> um, but still, when needed, she came to the Jesse. Yes, saved, saved his life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She never. Fa- She's the real hero of this story. I reckon. Let's yeah. let's let's be real. We never hear from her. Where's her POV? Where's her biography? Yeah. Where's the 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 real biography? Yeah. The real Bradman. Mm, right. I think. Right. Is what we'll find. I wouldn't be surprised if from time to time she went out to bat for him. <laughs> she yeah. Just put on. She put on the baggy green. Yeah. And and she's just yeah. like I'm Don Bradman. Siblings or dating? Have you heard of that trend? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, I reckon in some places. Uh, especially when they were like touring America because yeah. Americans wouldn't really know who Don Bradman is. No. Yeah. So if you turn up and they're like, um, Don Bradman's coming out to bat and they're like, whatever. And she'd just be like, I'll do it today. Yeah. <laughs> While they're on their honeymoon, she yeah. definitely went out to bat for Don Bradman I at least so. once yeah. on their honeymoon in America <laughs> when no one knows what Don Bradman looks like. <laughs> I think we're getting to the bottom <laughs> of the Don Bradman story. Yeah. The real Don Bradman <laughs> AKA Jesse Bradman. <laughs> uh, let's find out about more. Let's find out about more. Let's find more about what Jesse Bradman gets up to in the next episode of Yonks Ago. Slay.